You can be seated, church. Thank you, Bam. We'll get you back later. Don't they do a good job? Awesome job. Amazing. Amazing stuff. I've got some books here. Um, I can't believe it. I've been retired for seven years. And like my son said to me recently, he said, retired? Are you kidding me? But you see, there's no unemployment in the kingdom of God. You, you don't stop loving Jesus. We never stop serving the Lord. We just do it differently, right? So Pastor Joe and me, we're no longer senior ministers. We're not on any boards. We're totally organic. And that means I've got no responsibilities. Isn't that awesome? But the thing is, do we stop serving the Lord? I've had people say to me, what do you do now that you're retired? Do you go to church? What kind of question is that? What, just because, do I go to church because I'm a pastor? Wow, what kind of faith is that? I go to church because I'm a child of God. The house of God's my home. So I'm always in the house of God, whether I'm home or away. Oh, there is an exception when I go on holiday. When I go on holiday, I don't usually go to church. People say, well, really? What do you do? Have a holiday. Um, but we, we, you serve God everywhere, don't you? Wherever we are. So what I've been trying to do is write books about the major kind of messages that God's given me over the last 50 years. And I've got this one, Tell Your Story, How to Witness. Uh, what else have we got here? Take Someone With You. That's on leadership. Uh, God of Miracles. How you can believe God for your miracle, receive your miracle. Ascent, that's a prayer book. So you can actually pray through the 15 Psalms of Ascent. So there's that one. And my latest book, uh, Church Gate of Heaven. I just wrote this. I think I released this last year. That's about the house of God. So I look at the whole teaching of the house of God. Where did the house of God begin? Do you know where the house of God began? Garden of Eden. But anyway, we won't go there. That was the first church. So the church has always existed. The house of God's always been here from day one. And you'll find it in Revelation, just as it started in Genesis, the house of God. And it's always had a priesthood. And it's always been built by the people of God. It hasn't been built by leaders and ministers. As a matter of fact, most of the people that built churches, if I can use that language, or temples, or the house of God, were not even pastors. They were business people. They were uh, men. They were great women. All through the Bible, you'll find it. That'll help you if you read it. And I've got a few copies of that. Um, if you like it on, um, on Kindle, if you like it on, uh, get it on Amazon, it's on there as well. You can get them all. And there's a few others up there as well that came up. Uh, but uh, see how you go. I've just written a new one. It should be out in the next two or three months. It's with the proofers now. It's called Normal Christian. <laughs> What's a normal Christian? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a very good question. So in the book, I look at what normal is from the Bible and from what God's view of a Christian is, because I think it's shifted a lot. And even in our modern culture, we get people saying, oh, that's not very Christian. Well, what do you know? You're not even a Christian. So don't tell me what a Christian is. I'm only interested in two things. 
what the Bible says, what the Holy Spirit reveals. Let me say it again, what the Bible says and what the Holy Spirit reveals. If it's outside of that, not interested. If my senses, if my experience tells me something and it agrees with the Bible, then I'm into it. But if it isn't, I don't listen to it. it does, it's meaningless to me because it's not, it's not heavenly, it's not spiritual. And all it's going to do is tear my spirituality. It's just going to fight against what God's trying to do. So this morning, I started to unpack some ideas about fasting. And it's amazing. I started to pray about this for a few weeks ago. And I, and I remember thinking about it. And I saw the two aspects of fasting and prayer. Fasting's pretty important. Because fasting isn't about moving God. I was brought up on a culture that said we need to fast to move the hand of God. Then I had a revelation, but God's always moving. God's never stopped moving. The, the problem is we're blind to it. We don't see it because we're not aligned with God. What fasting does is gets rid of the rubble and all the peripheral noise, and we begin to hear God more sharply, more keenly so that we can be aligned with what God says and what the Holy Spirit reveals. It's amazing, isn't it? And so we began to look at Isaiah 58, and I unpacked the two sides of fasting, what fasting does. Fasting basically does two things. It helps us break through, but it also helps us break into. So there are some people here Tonight, right now in this meeting, maybe you're watching online, you will participate in this 21 days, but you need to break through. What does that mean? Well, you, God will bring you to a place when you fast of breaking through a barrier, maybe a blockage or a hindrance in your life, a habit that's holding you like a yoke or like a restriction. What fasting will do will actually break through. Just recently, I was in New Zealand, actually it was last year, and after many years, my wife and I had a coffee with probably one of the first guys I led to Christ. I'd led others to Christ, but I was about 18 at the time, and I was working in a ministry like Red Flogs, but it wasn't Red Frogs, it was called Teen Challenge. Some of you might have heard of it, David Wilkinson. And this guy walked in off the street, and his name was Rob, or Bob, and he, he was as high as a kite. He, he, his life was in a mess. And I said, what can I do for you? And he said, man, I'm having the weirdest trip. I'm, I'm in trouble. I need God. And I saw the cross on outside, because we had the cross and the switchblade, you know. And he kind of said, oh, I'd heard about it, so I, I think you can help me. So I remember leading him in a sinner's prayer, and led him to Christ right there. That was um, 50 years ago. Um, he served God all over the world. He's a fine artist, like a really great artist. And we had coffee with him. And how to see his journey, how God um, saved him. And we, we used to teach then, and, we, and I still believe it, um, we would take people like that through cold turkey, through fasting. 
So go through fasting and prayer and the word, and it was supervised and all that. But um, we, we would do that, and the number of people that would come through, he was one of them. He was totally healed. Like he never went back, ever, because he found God. He found through fasting and prayer and the word of God, he found breakthrough. You see what I'm saying? He found breakthrough. But I've discovered the Christian life isn't just about breakthrough all the time. For most of us here tonight, you actually don't need a breakthrough. What you need is a break into. You say, now, what what is he talking about? Well, if you look at Psalm uh, Isaiah 58, when the prophet is talking about the fast that God has chosen, he said, this is my fast, this is the fast I want, that you'll loose the bands of wickedness, that you'll undo heavy burdens, that you will let the oppressed go free that you will break every yoke. Who who is to do this? God didn't say, I'll do it. He said, I want you to fast and pray so that you will do it. You will set people free. You will break every yoke. You will proclaim God's freedom. You. I believe that's breaking into. So it's a fasting not so much for me, but a fasting for others. See, this is a dangerous idea. The the idea that the Bible puts forward here, and it's through the whole Bible, is that everybody here has broken into. What, 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 What into what? Into the provision of Christ. We've broken into the supply of Christ. We've broken into a call of God in our lives. Some of us are going to be leaders, yes. Some of us are going to be pastors. Some of us are servants. Some of us are givers. Some of us, we all have different giftings. But the idea is that all of us are anointed with the same anointing. And I've discovered it comes through a life of prayer and fasting. It doesn't just happen by going for a walk and then all of a sudden you're anointed, it happens through a life of what I call spiritual disciplines, from which we get our word in in the English, discipline, disciple. So I've got a thing, I'm on a bit of a campaign pastor, I don't like the word Christian. It's, It's a valid word, but the word Christian was only used three times in the New Testament, and originally it was a derogative term. It was used like a throw-off term, but it stuck, and then it became Christian, it got Christianized. But actually in the New Testament, the word disciple is used over 250 times. So there seems to be a difference in the Bible between being a Christian, someone who's Christianized, someone who even believes in God, and a disciple, someone who has embraced heaven, someone who has embraced spiritual disciplines from which we get the word in the English, disciple. And prayer and fasting will do that for you. A daily prayer, a, a constant fasting. I, I found myself over the years as I've served God for family needs, for church needs, for personal needs, I found I would go into fasting. And it might be miss a meal and pray. So when you fast, you don't sit at home and fast and go, 10 past 12, I can eat something at one o'clock. 
we're wasting our time because what we're doing is we're doing a mechanical or a religious or even a Christian thing. But a disciple, a disciplined one, is someone who says, I'm going to miss this meal or this cup of coffee, morning tea, and I'm going to go in a room somewhere. I'm going to get breakthrough for people, and I'm going to break into some things for God. So Jesus uses the same language in Luke chapter 8. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. Sorry, Luke 4. He says, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, man. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the same language as Isaiah 58. It's exactly the same language. So let me paint a picture for you tonight, and I just want to give you about three things, we'll see how we go, on what this person who's broken into looks like, to encourage us to say, I'm going to go there, I want to be that kind of person. Okay, so number one, when we break into God, we will discover that we're not trying to get more faith, but we realize we have a gift of faith. Have you ever thought sometimes I need more faith? Stop it. You've got all the faith you need. Because it says in Romans chapter 12, God has given every person a gift of faith. So if I have faith, why am I trying to get it? <laughs> Are you with me? Sorry, I've got an Irish-Scotch background. You'll be okay. I'll get there. So I'm trying to get something that I've already got. See, a spiritual person can't claim what they already possess. I need more faith. God says, no, but you've got faith. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is a spiritual person, a person who's broken into God, realizes they have faith. Now they begin to exercise it. And here's the point. How much faith do you need for a miracle? How much faith do we actually need? Well, I used to believe the bigger the problem, the more faith I needed. And then I realized I don't need much faith. As a matter of fact, all I need is faith the size of a mustard seed. Because the miracle is actually not depending on the size of my faith, but on the size of my God. And the biggest mistake we can make in the, in the body of Christ is we compare our faith to our problem. So we say, well, I've only got this much faith and my problem's, oh, it's not going to work, rather than saying, look, I've only got this much faith, but I'm putting that faith in a God who's much bigger than my problem. Now we can get, start to get things done. Now we can get breakthrough for people because we've got faith operating. <laughs> See, we're not called to get more faith. We're called to grow the faith we already have. It says grow in grace. The Bible teaches to grow in faith. It doesn't say to get more faith. This is a very important distinction that the Bible makes. He says in Peter, add to your faith. In other words, you've already got faith, now add to it. Keep adding every day, because you've broken into God, you understand the language. I'm not just breaking through, and then what? I've actually broken into God, and I possess certain things. That's the important thing to understand. The second thing is this. 
that when we break into God, we will constantly live in an overflow of the Word and the Spirit. Let me say it again. When we break into God, we will be living constantly in an overflow of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And what's the purpose? To build other people up. So now my fasting and prayer is not for me. I have everything I need. Now I'm overflowing to others. I'm filled with the Word and I'm filled with the Spirit. You say, Pastor Gordon, where did you get that? Funny you should ask that. Ephesians chapter 5, don't be drunk with wine because that's in excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves. In other words, speaking to one another, it means, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So I'm filled with God, now I'm overflowing with God. But listen to me, you, you can't overflow with the Word if, if you're eating a teaspoon of it. We, we need the Word ingested. We need the Word constantly in our hearts, reading it, listening to it, thinking. That's what we're doing tonight. But in our private lives, we're being filled with the Word. Why? So we'll have an overflow of the Word. We'll be able to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We will have something flowing out of our life because of the Spirit and the Word. Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you all rich and richly in all wisdom, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, teaching and admonishing each other. So you see the picture that God paints of the, I call him the spiritual person who has broken in to God has something to give. They're filled with the word, they're filled with the spirit, it's overflowing to other people. Amazing, isn't it? This is known as the fullness of the Spirit. So when I was growing up in the church, my pastors used to say, it's not enough just to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled to the fullness. And as a young person, I used to go, well, how does that work? But now I understand what it means. The fullness of Spirit means the Holy Spirit has filled me to overflow. So this is a very dangerous concept because you've got a whole lot of people out there, namely you and me, wherever we go, we're overflowing with the Word and we're overflowing with the Spirit. We have something to give because we already possess the fullness of God or the fullness of the Spirit. Therefore, we are free and able and fully resourced to give. No matter what the situation so let, let me correct something. Let, let me just adjust something that I believe in the body of Christ needs. Um, people are looking for gifts to minister. So I'm going to get the teaching gift. I'm going to get a healing gift. Um, but you see, where do the gifts reside? In the Holy Spirit. They're called gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be better if we got into the Holy Spirit, then we wouldn't need to worry about what gift you have. So no matter what need you come across, there's a gift and an anointing that you can discover. So am I saying we shouldn't know what our individual gift is? No, I know what mine are, and I stick to them. But that doesn't limit me from serving. 
Right? You see what I'm trying to say? So people say, oh, I'm a prophet. I don't clean toilets. Well, you need a reality check. Right? Like, my hands are anointed with the oil. I, all I do is pray for people. Well, good on you. But sometimes, let me see any parents here. Any parents here? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I'm a father. I don't do that. Oh, good, good luck with that one. Sooner or later, you're going to be doing it, whatever it is you don't like doing. Why? Because we don't look at, I only specialize in that. So I'm just throwing out an idea here. When we break into God and we have the Holy Spirit, He will allow us to have any gift and anointing that we need for any environment or circumstance. And I think we make too much emphasis, especially in the Pentecostal world, my gift is this. And while that's true, it can limit us and we can be like the priest with the Samaritan. He passed by. But it was the Samaritan who got his hands dirty. He looked after that person. He, it was inconvenient. It wasn't part of his day's business. But because he was living in an overflow of the Word and the Spirit, he just went there and fixed it. That's a dangerous idea, isn't it? Number three, let's finish on this idea. Number three, are you with me here? Is this helping anybody? When we break into God through prayer and fasting and we tap into the resources and the supply of God, we won't go looking for the victory because we already have the victory. It's a totally different mindset that I'm talking about here tonight. We used to sing a song when I was very young. I used to sing it in the band. We shall overcome. You ever heard that song? We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome one day. It's actually scriptural nonsense. I have overcome. I'm not going out looking for the victory. I'm going out in the victory. I'm not going out looking for faith. I'm going out in faith. I'm not going out looking for the supply. I'm going out in the supply. It's a totally different mindset because my fasting has brought me into something. I just haven't broken through my problems. I'm now living in divine supply. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ is the mantra of the person who's broken into something in God. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. I might not feel it. It might not have materialized in my environment right now, but it's coming into line. It's only a matter of time because I've broken in to God. I've tapped into something. I'm now walking in divine supply. I'm not walking in Gordon's supply. I'm walking in heaven. I've got the heaven supply in my spirit. Is this helping anybody here? Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Fear is gone. Confusion's gone. Intimidation is vanquished. I've broken through and I've broken into and I have something in my spirit. That's the will of God for all of us tonight. Not just to have enough for your breakthrough, but to break into something in God that you will have enough for yourself and an overflow to minister to others. 
Why don't you bow your heads in the presence of God? Oh, Father, thank you for your divine supply. What you did on the cross was never accomplished, has never been bettered, can never be duplicated because it was your work, your complete provision in Christ. And now, Lord, we sit here tonight complete in Christ. Everything we need, whether present or future, every need that will arise, we know that we're living in divine supply in Jesus' name. I want to put a challenge out to us all tonight. I see a lot of young people here tonight, which is awesome. Why don't you make a commitment to not just break through in this prayer and fasting season, but you're going to break into. You're going to break into everything that God has for you and for your family, for your friends, for your church, wherever you find yourself. If that's you, why don't you stand? Why don't we all stand and say, I'm going to make that commitment tonight. I'm going to be in this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to pray a prayer. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's all stand in the presence of God. Father God, I pray that this church will find a whole new level of breakthrough and breaking into, that the supply of heaven will be poured down upon this church, upon every individual, upon every family, every marriage. I pray in the name of Jesus, whether we're young or old, we will walk in divine supply in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, thank you.